0: So as as mentioned, I'm Petri and I am uh, the developer of Noita and today the talk is going to be the design history of Noita. I'm going to move myself into this corner here like this. Uh, So mostly this talk is going to be Uh, more about game design and less less of a tech talk and if you're interested in the tech behind Noita, there's a gdc talk that i did uh earlier that goes a bit more into the into that but now that the game is out i get to kind of like talk about where the design of noita came from so but before we get any further i'd like to introduce uh the team that worked on noita this is me here, and then we had Arvi Teikari, who is now known for Baba Is You, and uh, Oli Hariola, who is known for The Swamper. So, this was the three of us who were like the core team of Noita that worked on it for many, many years. And then there were a few collaborators, uh, namely Nilo Takalainen, who did audio for us, and then Antti Tihonen, who did uh, graphics and gameplay and content later on. But to the main subject matter, uh, which is the design history of noita. So there's this saying in, in Finnish um, that noita on paras which roughly translates to uh, noita is a dish best served cold. And what that means is that we uh, will just show you that noita is a very difficult game and it's very likely that you will die a lot during so this is uh, a. <laughs> you're missing the audio unfortunately but i think it's better for the copyright <laughs> this is a death compilation video from uh poma Veradico. i think it's on youtube uh, so noita is a roguelike and it's a primitive game and it's very likely that you will die a lot in it so that's what i mean that it's a dish best served cold uh but there's another aspect to this dish uh, served best cold, part, which is that if you're the kind of a player who likes to play games without knowing too much about them beforehand and appreciates the mystery, uh, Noita is a great game for that. Uh, and i'm going to be spoiling a bunch of things during this talk so if you're if this sounds like a game that you'd like to play a very difficult uh punishing game that's got lots of secrets then i kind of recommend that you don't watch the rest of this talk and <laughs> go play noita instead and now that maybe all the you know hardcore gamers have gone we can kind of like discuss the game design of this game so i will Start this off by kind of first playing Noita a little bit. So then hopefully you will get a bit better idea what the game is if you have not played it. So I will just, this is a new run and I will try to, you know, play this as we go. So as I mentioned, Noita is a roguelite. light, uh, it's more in the tradition of Spelunky uh, in the sense that. There's not much permanent unlocks that you can do, like like in a game of Rogue Legacy, but you essentially, you know, uh, you essentially go around in a you're in this mage character. You go around in the dungeon, and you cast your very deadly spells, and you you murder, uh, you know, the enemies that are in this procedural dungeon. Uh, you go around, kind of looking for. Loot to find, and and the kind of main um, thing that we kind of advertised to Noita, oh my God, what's happened here, let me see. Uh, so the main thing that, that Noita is kind of known for is this pixel simulation. So uh, every pixel is simulated with our kind of one tagline, which roughly translates to like, let me just show you like, you can, you can destroy have destruction things but like you know you can destroy all the pixels and you know here's some wood and you can set this wood on fire and it will burn and you know here's some here's some liquids that are hanging around uh, the liquids cave liquid like and, and so forth and so the main gameplay essentially consists of you kind of going through this procedurally generated levels and you kind of like try to make it far enough and once you make it far enough you find there's this portal and when you go into it, you get to this place. And this is essentially like you know your pit stop. You get your uh, health back up here. You get to refresh uh, some of your spells that may have uh, limited uses. You get to use the gold that you gathered from murdering things uh, to use the shop. And then, then you get a perk here. And I am going to, this would be a really good perk to pick, but I'm just going to pick gamble for the fun of it get kind of boring. But anyway, the big one more big thing here that I kind of want to show you before we kind of move on is, is the mechanic that gets kind of introduced here, which is one of the main mechanics of Noita is that you get to uh, modify and make your own spells. So the way that works is you can see I have this blue wand, for example, here. Here's what's in the blue wand. It shoots these purple things. Uh, and I have this red wand, and the red wand shoots these dynamites. So what I can do is I can, like, you know, put the put the dynamites into the blue wand, and now the blue wand shoots dynamite. Or, you know, I could put the purple thing and the dynamite, so then when I shoot, it's going to shoot the purple thing, then the dynamite. So that's, that's the kind of, like, the core basics of it. Uh, the more you kind of get into it the more kind of crazier things you can do and it's it's you know I'm just showing some of those spells here we're kind of lacking any good things but maybe i will show this so like, there's other ways to modify like this this will make my ammunitions that i shoot out of this have like this light that you can kind of barely see uh, but it's handy for some things and then i will just show you that once you exit this place, this place will you know collapse and you're on to a new level and you continue this, you go down, and this level oh, that was a bad place, and I completely forgot to bring my can we get through it this way? yes, we can this uh thing melts uh. Steel. Oh well, okay. I will end here. I'm just going to say that then there's going to be a next uh, pit stop, and then there's going to be a next level, and so forth. And that's you go down, and there's a boss, and then when you kill the boss, uh, you know, you've completed the game. So that's the that's the general uh, general structure of Noita. Uh, and then I'm going to show you a few spoilers about it. So if that's what you've played, you've kind of maybe seen that. So there was there was this was actually posted on the subreddit today, which I found funny, uh, which is a guy saying, "Hey Noita, why do you always wear that mask?" And the mask says "Level-based falling sand rope-like," and when they lift the mask, it says "Open-world deck-building Metroidvania," which is kind of <laughs> is kind of surprisingly accurate. Uh, the map of Tenoita like is here, and this is gonna be a spoiler territory. So like, I'm just gonna show you, here's the uh, first area that we kind of went through. Here's the holy mountain, here's the next area. Uh, the first kind of a spoiler is that this is uh, essentially an open world. So if you can figure out a way to go back up from here, Somehow you can actually visit the places that you've kind of gone through. And then the next thing I'm just going to show you this is the general structure as you go down through these levels. Here's the vault, here's the temple of the arts, and then you make it here's the boss. Uh, But there's like other things, like if you somehow manage to break through these boundaries that we've set here, there's like, you know, there's other things hiding in here. and there, there's this mountain that you started on. If you manage to kind of climb over it somehow, you can get. There's like this, you know, desert place here. And if, if there's a there's this tree on the other side. On the other side, there's like you know snow place. And I'm just gonna zoom back out here so you can kind of see the you know the size of the map. There's like a bunch of stuff up here if you manage to go there. And there's a bunch of stuff if you manage to go down here. And you know there's this huge ginormous lake here that some player recently drank all of this lake and it took like 120 hours or whatever. I don't know why they did it, but yeah. So essentially, this is one of those things that I think makes Noida kind of cool and unique and is kind of like the design philosophy behind it. So we tried to make the game uh, or like, you can understand it in a spatial sense. So the world has these kind of like mm, invisible walls that you would think. But as a player, you might find ways to go behind those invisible walls. And when, once you go there, there's usually something there. Like, so the world is much bigger than you think. It's kind of like boundless in a way. We don't really know where the limits of the world are even. Uh, and while that is true in the spatial sense, um it, it, it's true also in the, in the mechanical sense of noise. So that Spellcrafting that I showed that you can do here in the Holy Mountains, Mm -hmm. you can like you can push that very far also like there's no real mechanical limit to it either. So you can do some really crazy combinations with that and we don't actually know what the bounds of that system are. Uh, we do know now that there are some combinations that you can crash the game with if you if you push it far enough, and so do the players. So, <laughs> which I think is the ultimate goal of any player in this game is to find you know. So now that you hopefully have a bit of a sense of what you know Noita is and how how it kind of plays, I am going to. Show you where where the stuff came from. So we're going to go back in time uh, to 2007, when when I had more hair right around here. Uh, and in 2007, I participated on a game competition called Gamma 256, and I made this game for it. And this is uh, called Bloody Zombies. Uh, this game is inspired by peter jackson 's uh, masterpiece of cinema brain dead uh, so you're you 're a guy who 's got a lawnmower and there 's these zombies and uh, you know you can blood surf you can surf in the blood with the lawnmower, but mainly the idea is that you can use the lawnmower to get a lot of blood out of the zombies uh, so, hopefully, I hope I'm hoping this is showing my screen's bugging out a bit, but I trust that it's still working. Uh, so, the genesis of this idea was that gamma 256 had this restriction that you had to make a game that used to resolution 256 times 256 and lower. So, what ended up happening there is I realized that if you're going to do something so in such a low resolution, you can use quite a lot of CPU power per pixel to simulate things. So that's where the idea came from to kind of you know do a liquid simulation that would be in the same fidelity as the game. And so the simulation here is essentially just a falling sand with uh with a small particle system on top of it. And this worked fine. Like as a small game, this is kind of fun to play around and mess mess around with. But also, this this thing, I couldn't quite see more to this than than is in this one. Uh, but so, in between this, I'm just going to move this bit. So, in between Bloody Zombies in, from 2007 uh, and then 2009, I released Crayon Physics Deluxe. And after Crayon Physics Deluxe, I kind of, Bloody Zombies was kind of like still fresh on my mind. And I was kind of thinking that, oh, there were things that I kind of wanted to do in that prototype. So between 2009 and 2011, I played around with a bunch of different prototypes for games to kind of figure out if I could make pixel art look kind of cooler. So this is uh, Mesa Space, which kind of tried to make pixel art look very paintery. And then I made this. this is uh, sticky notes shooter where I make pixel art out of sticky notes. Um, The problem with these was that the resolutions were so small that it was really hard to like actually do good pixel art or interesting gameplay on top of it. But in 2011 I kind of returned to the bloody zombies uh, stuff again and I made this. So this is called falling everything. And this was just a, a sandbox, falling sand sandbox, where you can kind of play around. And I implemented a bunch of the things that I didn't have time to do in in bloody zombies. So here, you know, you can, you can there's sand and there's liquids, then there's gases, which may look familiar if you've played noise then there's fire. And most importantly, the thing that I wanted to test was that could I do like rigid bodies with this? So it turns out that I could, which I was pretty happy with. So you could, you know, put these rigid bodies and make them fall and they interact with the simulation in in pretty good ways like, so I was pretty happy with this uh, thing. And playing around in the sandbox was kind of fun. And you could see these kind of emergent Stuff happening all around. Uh, And I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to try if I can make a game out of this. Uh, I was kind of smart enough to know that it's not going to be that easy, but I guess I was dumb enough to think that I could still do it. So the first idea I had was to make a procedurally generated uh, Hitman game where you would go into a building. With the goal of uh you had to assassinate someone, so I made here's here's the building here's here's like you know your character that you could move around and my idea was that you could use this this uh these complex systems in kind of like interesting ways to do your assassinations so the idea was that there'd be like a sprinkler system somewhere and you would be above your target and you could like you know set the sprinkler system uh you know. Off and it would flood the floor with water, and then you would drill a hole uh, above your dark target in the floor, and you know you would flood like you know this uh, you know you would flood the target with water, and you had blocked the door of the target so they couldn't get out, and then you could like you know murder them by they would they would drown in the water from the sprinkler system or something like that. Those are kind of like the ideas I had. It's like okay, you can kind of like do these uh, kind of cool emergent things. And I'm just going to show you like what usually happened. I'm kind of speeding up a little bit here, but this this is kind of like what usually happened in this <laughs> uh, prototype, which was that you know the whole level would kind of like collapse into this puddle of rubble in the, the bottom. So this was kind of cool and emergent thing that I didn't expect to happen, which was kind of fun, but it was also kind of made me realize that it's going to be really hard to make a game out of this. Or like make a game that kind of like supports these silent, cool ways of assassinating people. Because like if you can just like collapse the whole building, why would you, you know, (laughs) why would you assassinate anyone in a you know more subtle way? And then there would have to be some sort of punishing mechanic for destroying the building, but the destroying the building would be fun. So those things would automatically start fighting each other. And then the other problem I realized is going to be like, okay, if I, it's going to be hitman, there needs to be an AI. And how is this AI going to work in this highly dynamic world? And it's supposed to be represented by humans, so they can't be kind of dumb. So there is a whole lot of things here that I could not quite figure out how to do. But Collapsing the building was fun. So in 2011, at ToeJam, Toronto, I made a game where the goal was to collapse the building. So this is it. Uh, You could, uh, how did this work? You could, you were supposed to be, you're like a deconstruction worker and your job is to demolish these buildings. Right, you would put these ammunitions all around and then, you know, set it off. And the idea would be that, you know, you wouldn't damage the neighboring buildings and you would just like try to collapse the thing and you would get damages like here, you can see if you damage the neighboring buildings. So the whole the whole goal was just to make buildings collapse. And this is also kind of fun and okay, uh, but it was, I think also lacking quite a bit like, it didn't go, I couldn't see this going beyond, you know, just making things collapse. Uh, so I couldn't see there being more to this game than what you can kind of like see here. So that got scrapped, uh, but I continued working on, on this falling sand simulation uh, game. and And the next game idea I had was to, Make a game that was called then Wizard Physics. And <clears throat> this was in 2012. And this is when I asked it to come help me out and, you know, make some pixel art. And the idea was uh, to make a game that would be like a combination of um, Spelunky and Magica. <clears throat> so here you can see your, this kind of Wizard looking character, and there's the spell casting system. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the spell casting system works so that you will be typing in elements. And so you can see here, there's these four elements, and you can type them in, and the spells will happen. And the way it works is any material here can be described uh, with these four elements. So, here you can see this is rock. Rock would be earth, earth. And then you could make like rock to water. So, that would be earth, earth, water. And then when you cast this, this will be converted into water. So, or you could do rock, rock, fire, which would convert this to fire. Uh, you'd also do combinations. So, like air and fire, I think is smoke. So, right, this would be converted into smoke. And so the idea would be that you would go around, oh my god, go around this uh procedurally generated dungeon uh fighting these enemies and you know killing them with your spells. So let me do just like you know, air to fire, air to fire here. Yeah. Oh no, I'm on I'm on fire. <laughs> but yeah, this is. You could do kind of like pretty crazy combos here, and it was it was pretty fun. Like, I think you could also do something like this, which would lift things up. Uh, uh, this is a good prototype. And you would be thinking like, OK, this is, you know, you can see how the game went from here to Noita. But uh, I think you would be kind of wrong. So the cool thing and the problems with this were that a1 because the spell casting system was always the same if you figure it out like a really good spell you spam that so let's say uh air to fire would be the thing that would be the best you just spam air to fire it, fire to fire at fire, fire all the time and kind of beat the game with that and the second part was that while it was cool to see all this physics destruction and you know unpredictable things happening, that was also what was the big problem with it. So you would die to something like you'd gas the spell and you would be set on fire and you would die and because it was permanent game would be over and that felt like very janky and not fun, but it was kind of cool at the same time, so at this time stage, I think I showed this to Olly Hariola. and he was working on the Swapper at the same time, and he was kind of interested in in continuing to work like on this after he had finished the Swapper. So, with that in mind, I kind of continued working on this, uh, or me and Arvi continued working on this, and so we figured one of the problems that you can still see here is that the world was limited to a 256 256 uh, area so we figured let's get rid of that so i started working on on the engine side to you know make a much bigger world so you can see here uh, we made a much bigger world and you know it was procedurally generated and the gameplay that we kind of like ended up then putting in there was like this very Terraria-esque gameplay. So you go around, you know, digging things. This is horrible prototypes. It does not make much sense, but like, you know, you could go digging around uh, with your pickaxe and then, you know, you could put pixels back into the world Terraria style. And this This was okay, but it was not, Really like you know, working like you can kind of see this movement is still a bit janky. Uh, placing of pixels back into the world was too fine, so you didn't couldn't really like you know, easily build anything. Uh, but uh, you know, having this big world to go around looking for things was kind of fun. Uh, so Around this time, we figured out that, okay, maybe like, you know, you get up in these kind of situations where you're stuck in the world and in this pixel rubble. So we figured out that the original wizard physics prototype that I showed, one of the things that was fun was killing enemies with these physics powers that you had. But what wasn't fun was dying to like, you know, these physics clutches and whatnot and getting stuck in. So we figured out, let's make a game that's, uh, that where you're not physically present as an avatar so you're not going to die from like you know some glitch but you're a god like this is god game and you get to do like all these magic powers so this as you can see we took the same guy from the previous uh by the way we're going to make it a fallout-esque post-apocalyptic world because we figured out that there's all these problems with uh 2d layering what's what's background what's foreground and if we put it all underground that fixes a lot of those issues but anyway this is the populist prototype where you could essentially just raise uh ground and lower it you can see like you know there's some issues like you know there's this tree and right like it's gonna raise the ground on the tree and you know this is a bit messy but it was kind of more promising. It was fun to see your characters move around, and you didn't have to worry about dying to physics glitch. Uh, so we continued working on it more and more. And this is later in two thousand thirteen. Uh, this is a bit better prototype. You had a bunch of like you know your followers, you know, and they would worship you if you raised the ground uh, on them. You could uh, make them build houses. Uh, and I think you could kind of like adjust here what they kind of like do. Uh, and then, you know, you could pick them up and show them around. Uh, but most importantly, well, I think I have to cheat and spawn more peasants here, but most importantly, you could do these few spells. So one of them was like, you know, you could make a rain appear. So this is kind of cool. Uh, and then this is the best spell, or was this lightning? You could shoot these lightnings from the sky. Uh and you know, this was this was most fun. It's like you know, going around, you know, spamming lightning and destroying everything. <laughs> Somehow satisfy something deep and Nordic in me to do this. Uh <laughs> but yeah, it was this this was the best part of this game. Uh but the actual God gameplay thing never really took off, and I think partially because we had a side view and it's two D that causes some issues. Like you know, it's hard harder to do, you know, interesting gameplay because essentially it's just one dimensional line. Uh, but we kind of continued working on it, and so from two thousand thirteen, uh, during two thousand fourteen, we continued on this God game thing. Uh, and mostly, but mostly 2014, a lot of the time was spent on technical stuff. So we multi threaded the physics system, added pathfinding and whatnot. And but by the end of that, the limits of the God game were kind of showing. So it wasn't as fun as we had anticipated. But we still didn't want to put you back into the world because we figured that the our. Uh, Observations about it being janky and kind of annoying were true, so we tried something in between. So we made this uh, version of of this, which is like you know an RTS. So you could control uh, units directly, and in order to make them kind of like go anywhere, we added jetpacks to them. Uh, you could. This is like probably the you know coolest thing here. So you could make them you know dig uh, you know paths and whatnot. And you can still do these spells and whatnot. So, uh, this was a bit better. We tried various different things with this with these RTS mechanics because we kind of liked the fact that you could have like multiple dudes. So then you would have multiple lives essentially, and it would be fun to see them die. But it wouldn't be kind of like that that bad. Uh, but at the same time, we were kind of seeing, and I'm not sure if you can perceive it here, uh, which is also true because like, I'm, this is, a lot of the stuff that I'm talking is very kind of nuanced design stuff and it's the best experienced if you had a chance to play these things. But what ended up happening with this prototype, uh, we kind of noticed is that because you weren't physically present in the world, The world started being more like a, you know, started being like a physics, like a particle effect, right? Like you destroy things. Oh, that's a cool particle effect type of a thing. And at the same time, we were fighting the physics engine. So like, as you can see here, like I'm trying to dig this thing, but the, you know, the sand is collapsing on top of the characters and they have to kind of like work extra hard. And now the base that I was building here has all this soil here. I have to like clean it up by, you know, making these. a bunch of these are stuck in here. So, we had all these issues of trying to, you know, we're essentially fighting our physics engine to, you know, make this game. So, we were in a bit of a limbo in, at this stage. So, we decided to kind of like do a bit of a game jam inside the studio, and all three of us made, made our own uh, prototypes of the game. And the one that came out on top was Oli made a version which, unfortunately, I, I have it here, but I don't have a controller right now, so I can't show it. But you were uh, you were controlling this uh, space dude who had a jetpack, and he had a shotgun, and you would just go shooting zombies. And I'm going to show you a version of this that's a bit further. So then you can kind of see. So you'd be this uh, space dude, and you can fly around, and you just shoot things. And there would be these zombies, and you just you know you, you shoot them with your gun. And like, um, the thing here, which was that once we kind of like put this in, uh, this is like immediately kind of fun. Like this is just fun to mess around, and you know you, can, you know shoot guys. Uh, I think you had maybe you had different oh right. you had a bit of different weaponry in this version, but right. This was fun in a way that none of the RTS God games were, which was like it was just fun to mess around. So then we kind of like, okay, decided well, let's go back to you know exploring this, putting the you know, the dude into the into the game. And we kind of continued on that pad. Here's another one that's a bit further along. Mm. So here we were exploring, like, you know, crafting mechanics again. So you would get the, you you had this drill, you could go into this world, you could throw torches around, uh, you had some explosive things, you know, you could, oh my, I just killed myself. Luckily in this game, like, you know, you would spawn right next to where you kind of like started and uh, you would go, into these dungeons that I think, maybe I can I cheat here a little bit. This is working. Yeah, you would go down into the world into these dungeons, and you would find like you know better gear. Mm. Let's keep dying here constantly. Uh, you would have to throw torches around to see where things were, but yeah, you would find like you know much better weaponry and whatnot. Uh, This was kind of fine and fun. It was kind of like Terraria uh, with guns. You would go around finding things. Uh, But it was still kind of lacking something. We weren't quite sure what it was. And at the end of 2015, uh, we implemented this version of the same-ish game, but with something extra to it. And the something extra You have to, you can ignore the bottom part here. (laughs) But there's something extra to throwing these torches around and digging in was this mechanic, which was that you could modify your weapons. So you can see here, this weapon is the digger uh, and it's got a digger looking thing in here. And then I have these bullets and I could put the bullets into the digger and then the digger would shoot bullets. And then there were like these more complicated versions like this one, which has, you know, you know, uh, this, this thing choose like a fire trail and whatnot. So, and you would still go into the, I can show you, this will look maybe somewhat familiar if you've, if you've played Noita. You would go into these worlds and this world was pretty big and like Terraria-like. So it was kind of wide and everything was everywhere. And you would go into these worlds looking for you know uh enemies and, and loot, and then you would get better, better cards, so to speak, and when you found things, and you know, you'd also like put these weapons into this inventory slot. You had quite a lot of inventory, and you could kind of like always modify these. And this started, this was inspired by deck building games, so like Dominion, so hence like. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it's immediately obvious, but that's where this, these ideas came from. Uh, so this putting this in, the game started to come together because like now there was like more of a reason to go exploring and looking for things. So you would try to find like these good cards to make these really good like weaponry. And it was kind of fun. Uh, like, you know, this, this kind of like this shooting was immediately fun and, you know, and being around and going into places. And you could even, I think we had a version of this where you could kind of like build your base on top. So if you died here, like if I die, uh, I think I would be spawned on, yeah, I'd be spawned on top of the world. And then I would have to go back into the dungeons where I was and, you know, try to find my gear that I have left left behind uh, like Diablo style or Terraria style. So this was going somewhere. Uh, so we continued from, from the end of 2015 onwards. And, uh, in 2016, one of the things that was kind of like bothering us with this, um, system was that a lot of the, the theming of it. So like if you were making these guns and modifying them, it was kind of hard, like why would you put different kinds of bullets and whatnot? So we figured that if we we go back to our kind of like original wizard physics-esque game, we could, um, you know, uh, do a lot more. Like you could do a lot more varied things and they would make sense and they could use the physics system. So this is 2016, May. Uh, we have, uh, we put in the, you know, kind of like a wizard character and you would go around in the world, again, you know, throwing torches around and the torches could set things on fire. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> and you would collect uh better loot here and then you would go back up and, you know, And one of the things I'm gonna quickly show you here is that in this version of the game, what you could do, uh, you can see these are still called bullets, but you could do like, you know, because uh, you would be spawning back up here when you die. Uh, We had you being able to build like, you know, you could build your base, with these different spells. Uh, so there's these, you know, building spells that allow you to place uh, wooden things in. And then you could also build, uh, because these wooden things would be burning always. So the idea was that you would use these wooden slats to uh, build like, you know, uh, I don't know what they call the name, uh, support structures. And then you would put cement in here. You have the cement gun and uh, you can use the cement to build your you know base uh, i think this might need a bit of fire to get it going uh anyway this this cement spraying and building was kind of fun in in ways but also kind of like you know really messy and not. Uh, you could really really build you know, like you could build these kind of like you know cement things but Again, we had issues with the background, foreground, so like how would you put backgrounds into your buildings that you had done done. But right, we were exploring these things. So we continued. It was kind of like working, but it was also not working. So one of the issues, there were a few issues with this version of the game. One of them was that you had this ginormous inventory and you would go around. Oh yeah, one mechanic I haven't mentioned to you is that you were you were a vampire, so you could drink blood to heal, and you would get blood from your enemies. So let's show you quickly. If I can murder this guy. So you can see the enemies were very bullet spongy as well. And There was a reason for that. Uh, Finally, so once you kind of managed to murder them, you could kind of like you know use your drill to get blood out of there and then you could drink the blood to heal right and we kind of like this because like it made the blood be a, like a physical thing that you had to use as a as kind of like a health back and you got to play around with the liquid physics of this this is why you would actually be looking because like you know you have to so. The issues we had with this prototype were that mm, because you could kind of heal yourself constantly, you could go exploring until you found the things that you kind of needed. And because you would be getting so much loot in these explorations, what ended up often happening is uh, you would have your inventory full of stuff And if you had figured out some sort of a OP combination of a weapon, you just, you know, do that same OP weapon combo like every time you played the game. And because it wasn't permanent and you'd be going back up to the top, you weren't even that kind of like worried if you had something really good, you just go pick it up. So it made it, and in order to compensate for that, we kind of made, as I pointed out, we made the enemies kind of bullet spongy and they're kind of really difficult to murder. so the end result of that was the beginning part of the game was kind of like this you know, grindy thing where you have to fight this really hard game in order, you know, like, you know, you shoot some enemy, you go back, you drink blood, you go kill more, and you'd be looking for stuff. And once you found, like, your OP combo, then the rest of the game was, like, you know, very easy. So it's this keeping point of, like, nothing and then everything type of thing. And it was not very good and very fun. So the thing we decided to do... Uh, was we decided to make, make the game permadeath and roguelike again. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. So what that meant was we essentially kept all the mechanics that I mentioned, that you would throw torches around, you'd be drinking blood, uh, and you'd be editing these cards uh, and weapons. uh but the only difference here was that you know this is a very familiar looking uh, wand, I'm sure to everyone. Uh, the only difference was that we made it pyramid, and just by making this pyramid, uh, things started kind of working together or the gameplay started kind of like working much better. so like the things that were there all of a sudden. It kind of like squeezed the gameplay together in a way. So things that were there already kind of like became more intense and interesting. And then it wasn't so such a bad thing if like you happened to find some sort of an OP combo because then you know you could lose it if you died. And that made it a tense experience to have like you know this really cool OP thing that you've managed to put together. And that was like you know we were like okay this is clearly a direction to go because like we we play tested this and we had like like the most fun that we had had with the game in, in longest of time mm. so that was working and the other part of that was kind of production wise we figured out that if we're making because we were using a lot of effort to make these procedurally generated worlds but if you made it this like terraria game where you play through the world essentially once or like you spent eight hours playing through this world and then you'd be kind of done with the game uh it didn't quite make sense to use procedural generation because we could just handcraft the world and do a lot more cooler things that way so then we figured, like, okay, if we make it roguelike, then you know we get to use the procedural generation and the players get to see that. So we continued on words from from making it roguelike. Uh I'm just gonna show you a version here from 2017, March. And I'm gonna show you because there's a few interesting things here. Uh we still perceive that there's this problem that you can become op and uh especially if uh especially if if you can kind of like do that consistently in every run we figured that that would be kind of bad so we were experimenting with ways to kind of like make you have to use varied uh strategies during your run uh and so you couldn't just like use the one wand that he had that became really good uh so the things we had oh yeah two things have changed here one we took out the torches that we had uh and we replaced that with a fog of war so laying out the torches was was cool because you could use it to set things on fire but it was just in the way of the gameplay and once we had the fog of war and no torches it was just like yeah this is definitely the way to go uh the second thing we so a few of the things that didn't survive from this prototype is that um, I guess I have to start the game again for you. Uh, a few of the things that didn't survive from this is we had unidentified spells, right? In the in, in the tradition, tradition of uh roguelikes and let's say net hack we had an unidentified spell, so you would have to cast the spells to know what they did. Uh, This is there so that you would have to like, take risks with things and you couldn't always know what you were doing. Uh, So like here, if I shoot this, you can see this, you know, it's blood. Uh, And the other thing we tried here, I don't know if you can see it, but there's a small number above this wand, which says 140 something. Uh, was adding, like, you know, durability to your wands So, like, in the style of Breath of the Wild, we uh, figured that, you know, maybe if we added some sort of durability mechanic, it would make things more interesting for you as a player. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what happens here is once this number is the durability of the wand, once it, you've shot enough times, you start losing capacity in your wand, which is, like, you know yeah just to show you and that didn't you know that was not fun like that didn't work either uh because you would just start using things very carefully and that was not really like you know a thing we kind of wanted we tested other things that didn't quite make it um, but so in between 2017 march uh Or around that time, we were starting to be a bit worried that we've worked on this game for quite a long time. So maybe people are not that interested. And we made a reveal trailer that came out in July 2017. And this is the reveal trailer. Uh, Between March and July, uh, in recording this, maybe you can see the things, but we spent a lot of time just like polishing graphics and uh, effects. So the game got a lot more polished in this period of time, but at the same time, the design was still kind of, you know, not quite there. Like it was fun playing these games, but it was also kind of, you know, not really working. So I'm just gonna show you, two more prototypes and then it would be kind of done. So at the end of 2017, we decided that, okay, let's figure out how to you know, actually make this game work. And we started implementing a bunch of different changes. So this is a version in the middle of doing a bunch of these changes. Uh, number one thing was that we took away, start a new game here, uh, we took away your Uh, vampirism ability so you couldn't heal by drinking the blood of enemies anymore and what that did is now you couldn't uh, explore all the levels all the time which you could do previously because you would heal up so now you would be only getting heals in between levels and we put this area in between where you could heal up the uh, second thing we removed is we removed the uh, drill that you had, so we replaced it with bombs. And what that meant is we also uh, had to uh, fix our, we had to fix our procedural generation so that there would always be a path to the exit. And and we kind of like we used a drill as like a fix to having kind of a poor, poor procedural generation system uh the other thing we did is we made enemies drop gold uh I think in between these times they were dropping also uh the cards that you could see, and uh you can see this still has some unidentified stuff in here uh and you can. You know, you have quite a bit of an inventory, you can carry a lot in this. But I just wanna show you here's like, you know, once you made it through this level, you go to these, uh, you know, these portals and they would take you to this, you know, shop uh, in between levels where you could buy things and, you know, heal yourself and then you would go on to the next level. So, this is where the game kind of like started to come together in a way. So this structure was clearly like, you know making the game more interesting. And one of the things that's kind of implemented here but it's not quite shown. And I'm just gonna, we continue working. So this is from January, 2018 on this kind of same path. Uh, what we also implemented is we limited your um, how much you could carry around. So we limited you to four uh, wands, and so then you would have to make decisions of like what things to bring with you. Uh, we removed the unidentified thing because that was not being fun, not knowing what things would do, and it was more fun like you could you know make decisions, informed decisions, what we kind of wanted to bring. So then you would have to make these decisions of like, which wands do you bring, you know, with you and do you bring something because of the contents of it or do you bring, bring something with you because the wand is really good. Uh, there's a uh, jest down there that I'm, all right, it gives me money. So this was, uh, from 2018 uh, January. And so once we had all these changes in, it was kind of like starting to be a really good structure for the cane. Like, you know, this this stuff was kind of like working in a way that it had not before. Uh, Oh, yeah, one major difference in between these also was the fact that now you couldn't edit your wands anywhere anymore you could only edit them in between the levels and that was like a major thing that made it made all these decisions that you have to kind of do uh much more important and once you made it to this uh holy mountain here you would get to use the shop and you know you could edit your wands uh and uh oh yeah this used to be the edit your wand station and then you could kind of like you know go on to the next level and uh so that's that's about it. Uh, <laughs> this is this is about where, like you know, we ended up. Uh, I'm just gonna sorry, Mike. I if you were saying something, but yeah, we were from 2018. Uh, the Noita Early Access came out in 2019 uh, September. And the main mechanics in between that, the main thing we kind of added was perks, and what ended up happening with perks is we could bring up a bunch of these old mechanics we had kind of tested. So like that editing the wands everywhere stuff uh, really changes how you play the game because like you can really optimize and build your wands wherever, and you're not limited. But it kind of like made the game grindy in a way that we didn't like. Uh, or. Uh, So then bringing that as a perk that you'd pick up really changed the game for players. Same is true of the vampirism. That was kind of like being able to explore everywhere and get health back little by little was uh, not good for the game as a whole, but if it was something that you couldn't, you know, rely on, you could get it from time to time, It would kind of like change your run and make it very different. And that kind of, we kind of ended up imbalancing the game a lot in lots of ways to make it so that your runs would be very different depending on the kind of stuff that you get. And that's the kind of like structure that Noita went on from early access to 1.01 beyond. So yes, that's, that's essentially all that I have. Thanks. Thank you everyone for listening. Hopefully it was all interesting. Thank you so much, Petri. That was so fantastic. I mean, there were so many interesting things in there and, I really recommend looking up, I'll link this in, on, on the Discord later. I really recommend up looking up uh, Petri's tech talk as well, which is similarly fascinating to watch. I mean, it's just been such an interesting project. And it's also amazing to, to actually see games at a conference on games. Like it was just wonderful to see you play through those prototypes. <laughs> um, we might briefly uh, have time for like, a quick question if someone has something um but one one short thing i wanted to ask you was how and you know a lot of us researchers as well are sort of adrift on long projects how hard was it to keep up kind of morale i guess uh throughout all those prototypes i mean it's incredible the story that you showed us uh that's a that's a good question i think it's uh Mm. I think we had some issues uh, with it. And I think it's it's very dependent on person to person in a way. Uh, but we kind of had a, originally I had the kind of a, I was luckily being in a situation where I was not dependent on Noita being very successful. So I was kind of like doing it as a, because I was enjoying the work. Uh, And the later and later we went in it, the more and more we kind of like started feeling like, oh, this needs to be kind of like, you know we need to have some confidence that it's gonna be financially successful. Uh, So that's when we kind of like ended up making the reveal trailer. And we kind of did that a bit too early, I would feel, in some ways, as you can kind of see that the gameplay wasn't quite finalized when we did that. Uh, The other aspect of that was that uh, I think most of us found the work to be interesting. So there were always like, you know, interesting things to add to the game. And once the gameplay kind of started coming together, just playing the game was fun. And, you know, once we had the systems in place and they would interact in interesting ways, it was fun to add new things there and see how they would do. But getting to that point was actually much more work than uh, any of us had kind of anticipated.